This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to the interview series. Welcome to the Retail Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Patterson, and we're joined with a special guest, Ed Skira, who's the founder of Urban Toronto, which has also launched an interesting new database. So welcome, Ed. Thank you, Craig. Glad to be here. Now tell us a little bit about Urban Toronto and how it got started. Okay, so Urban Toronto is reaching its 20th anniversary this year. The site first started in 2002, and uh, it started off as a discussion forum about development in Toronto, and we were big fans of uh, what was happening. And, and in those days, there wasn't a lot happening development-wise. 1990s were a pretty bad time for Toronto, but the early 2000s, it was starting to start so we started this discussion forum we had threads for all the various projects um, that we were kind of interested in and we you know we talked about the heights of buildings and then what they look like and what was coming and where it was coming that kind of stuff and so that's how it started and over time uh, we added a news page so we do five to seven stories a day they're all dedicated to development uh, in Toronto and basically the GTA at this point because we track the entire GTA um, we added a database fairly early on as well. One of the issues with a forum is uh, you'll have pages and pages and pages of conversation, and then people will ask, well, what's the building look like? And we can never remember where the renderings were. So we built a, a, an early database, like a page for each project. And you know we have 2,500 plus projects in our database today and about 5,500 companies. So it grew over time. And we're basically tracking every project uh, that's happening from uh, condos, townhomes, all the way up to the CIBC Square, you know, the massive office complex uh, and everything in between. And, and we track everything from, I mean, Toronto, but we are currently Burlington to uh, Oshawa to kind of Newmarket. Uh, and we are kind of expanding. And by the end of the year, we should be Niagara Falls to Kitchener, Waterloo to Barrie and everything within. So um, it's uh, it's growing fast. We we do about uh, two million pages a month. We do about three hundred thousand unique visitors a month. Uh, we have strong socials. So uh, a, a big a big element of the development industry in Toronto is what we do. And you know there isn't really another site like ours in another major market, as far as I can tell. There are media sites where they do editorial, but none of them really have sort of a combination of the forum, the database, and the news page. So. And very few publications could support that because Toronto, um, at least before the pandemic, I believe was the fastest growing city in North America, bar none in terms of population, the, the greater Toronto area, that is. Uh, absolutely. And and so the pandemic did slow immigration somewhat, but the immigration levels are starting to go back up again. And I think the country is taking something like 400,000 people a year, of which a quarter are settling into the Toronto area. So they have to live somewhere. They got to work somewhere. So all of that development um, is, is is real. I mean, there's real demand. It isn't a speculative thing. There is demand. People got to live somewhere. And uh, that's exactly what's happening right now. And that development is certainly going to have an impact on retail because uh, people that are moving into new places uh, or places are densifying uh, also need a place to shop. And we've seen also shopping centers themselves uh, redeveloping. Let's talk a little bit about the retail uh, developments that we're seeing here in Toronto. Um, what have you been tracking uh, recently? So certainly there is retail in most condo developments, at least the ones on the main streets. Uh, that's 
definitely a, an urban uh, sort of development focus that the city has and wants. And it's a really good thing so that there, you know, there's, you know, uh, stores within walking distance of everyone where they're living. So those are all, you know, fairly small scale. But when you add them up along the main streets of Toronto, there's there's a lot of it going on. Um, in terms of bigger stuff, you know, uh, something like the well, which is, uh, I guess, the site that you toured recently and one of my people toured recently. With another Craig, yes. I mean, that's, yes, another Craig. <laughs> um, that, uh, you know, that's a major mall essentially being built downtown and uh, it's going to be pretty cool. I mean, I haven't seen it inside yet, but I'm looking forward to it. So there's definitely development on that side. But there is also a lot of empty space. And, you know, certainly the Amazons of the world and, and the online shopping has impacted that somewhat. And the pandemic didn't help. So I'm, I'm really interested in seeing how, how the streets recover, how they change. And, you know, one of the things that I'm thinking, and I'm not a, an expert on the retail side particularly, but I, I think that if stores somewhat disappear from some of those main streets, they will be replaced with other stuff that maybe will be more community oriented in terms of uh, social things. Uh, you know, um, I spent a lot of time in the music business back in the, in, back in the eighties and, you know, Queen West, which is now a very high end retail strip was a very kind of down and out street. You know, there was, there was all, it was cheap rents. There was a lot of sort of used appliance stores and electronic stuff. Um, but, uh, but a, a community developed there, a music community developed there because of the cheap rents, and they occupied a lot of those locations. And then when the street became hot, they got pushed out because all the high-end retailers kind of moved in and pushed the rents up. So this might help some of these streets that maybe were, uh, you know, the, the, there may be opportunities for unique and interesting stuff to populate these places because maybe the rents will go down a little bit. Um, but we'll see how that happens. I mean, the other big thing um, retail-wise is the development of these malls, the redevelopment of these malls. And that is happening uh, all over the place. And there's all sorts of little strip malls, but even major malls that are that are being redeveloped. So Center Point um, is, is going to pretty much downsize, I think, the retail component of it. But those parking lots are kind of wasted space, and they've got uh, a lot of development potential. So there's... 10 or 20 buildings going in at center point over the next five, 10, 20 years, whatever it is, the subway will be there. So that will help. Um, you know, there's a, in the same neighborhood, just North of steels, there's a, a, a big car dealership location where there's five or six different car dealerships uh, in the same spot. And that's going to be redeveloped with about 10 buildings. Um, Promenade already has buildings going up on some of the parking lot, and that's going to continue as well. And I, I believe that some of these places are going to redevelop the retail and make it more sort of pedestrian friendly and sort of more of the open community kind of areas, sort of trying to emulate old school retail on Main Street as opposed to these enclosed uh, malls that are kind of turning their back to the neighborhood because they're just surrounded by parking lots. But and then there's the big guys, you know, Yorkdale has plans to basically remove all their parking or at least the outdoor parking and put it underground. Fairview Mall just announced a proposal for a couple of condos on their land and a lot more probably to come. So um, that is definitely a trend. Uh, you know, the developers find it find it easier. You can, you can buy one mall and then do the work there and uh, 
those parking lots are easier to develop on than having to buy, you know, a 30-story building and tear it down and replace it with something else or a 10-story building, whatever, which is happening. But uh, so, yes, there's a lot of land there. And I know that, you know, some of those big box chains, I mean, they've got tons of land uh, surrounding their locations. And uh, it's, uh, it's prime redevelopment territory for sure. It's fascinating. Even Canadian Tire stores are starting to redevelop. You're seeing grocery stores and, and other stores like Canadian Tire uh, all even putting their stores back like in these new developments, but intensifying the site. Right. Well, you saw this with Loblaws and, 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 and Choice basically a number of years ago when they split the company into two, one being the property arm and one being the retail arm. And they, you know, Choice REIT is doing extremely well and they've got all sorts of sites that they, you know, luckily they, you know, in the fifties and sixties, when a lot of this land was farmland, I guess, and they were able to buy fairly cheap and they've had their stores there for years. And now they're able to capitalize on the land underneath the property. So intensification is definitely happening and why not on those big empty lots? No, that's tremendous. And in some ways, I guess these private developers are almost going to become the owners of some new, I guess you'd say city centers or town centers. If, if you think about the Scarborough town center, which is a, a shopping center for those who uh, you know aren't in the GTA and may not be familiar, um, is going to have a very, you know, tens of thousands of people will be living on that site and around it on property that's owned by Oxford Properties. Right. And they're doing the same thing in Mississauga with uh, the Mississauga city center there, the the mall there. I mean, it's happening at every one of those malls. Sherwood Gardens has a, uh, already had a few buildings built, and now they're building some more or planning for some more. So it's it's essentially happening across the board. And then you have stuff like um, like the Shepherd Center, Young and, and, and Shepherd, where you know they already had three or four three towers that were rentals, and they had the they had the the, the retail component and a couple of office buildings, but they just shoehorned in another building on top of it or next to it. And so they're going to intensify in places like that as well. And so it's definitely happening. Now, you've been tracking a lot of these developments and have created a uh, new special database, uh, which I guess some retailers are already even looking at using. Tell me a little bit about this database, Ed. So we launched a new service in October called Urban Toronto Pro, and it's basically the database that we started years ago for renderings, but it tracks every single project in the GTA, uh, everything beyond like sort of infill housing, like monster home teardown, that kind of thing. We don't track that, but anything from a townhouse all the way up to, uh, again, CIBC Square, they're all in there. And so what we do is from the point of application to the cities, the various cities, we will create a database with all the parameters of what the project is. So who the developer is, who the architect is, uh, renderings, uh, how tall, how, how many units, uh, the GFA for all the various components, if there's office, if there's retail, if there's uh, residential and so forth. So um, we've launched the service where subscribers get access to all this data and they're able to slice and dice the data in all sorts of ways. There's a map, there are reporting functions, and we track approximately 60 fields for each project. So there's all sorts of information in there. And, you know, like I said, we launched in October. We have 45 subscribers at this point uh, now in May. Um, and they're all, you know, there's developers and there's architects and there's people like that. But, yes, we have a bank um, who is... Uh, using the service to be able to see where their branches are versus where the development will be happening. And they're able to then look in the future and say, well, this area has 
potential for, let's say, 20,000 more units at some point over the next 10 years. We need to get in there. We have uh, one of the fast food chains has it has signed up for it. same reason. It's good for scouting locations um, because you'll be able to see where the development's going, and uh, that will allow you to plan earlier to be able to get a spot there. Um, we do have one of the grocery chains has signed up. So yes, it's it's a it's a it's a very easy to use system, and it tracks all the development, so people don't have to spend all their time going through city websites because we're doing it. Terrific, terrific. Um, and anything uh, you can share about the future of urban Toronto? Uh, anything interesting that's planned uh, <laughs> beyond the expansion into such markets as Niagara Falls? Well, that's that's the big thing right now is ensuring that the entire GTA is uh, covered properly. We do have sister site called Skyrise Cities that tracks in Calgary and Edmonton, and we're looking at what Ooh. we're going to do with that. Uh, but for the moment, you know, I mean, I, I I joke about, you know, if I'd grown up in Thunder Bay, uh, I'd be still working somewhere else because, you know, urban Thunder Bay just would never have, have been able to, we, we wouldn't have been able to do what we could in a, in a smaller market. But Toronto, we're just lucky to be here and, and we're lucky that the boom is happening. And uh, so we're going to continue to just keep tracking the development as best we can. And uh, but UT Pro is the big one right now. Um, we need to make sure that uh, everyone knows about it and uh, and can see. And and we're going to continue to add more to it. There's a, there's a lot of different functions that we're, we're that we're slowly adding as we. Uh, Do you think forward. Toronto is going to continue to be a boom town in the next few years? Um, it, yes, and I I mean, look in the short term, if interest rates go up a lot and they've already started to go up and people can't afford to purchase a place or, you know, I, 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 there is, I have had a concern for a number of years that when interest rates finally go up, a lot of people will get burned because they're, it's been going up and up and up and up and there hasn't been an issue. So um, yeah. And, you know, I've had brokers and, and others tell me, Oh yeah, well, we've hit this price point for per square foot. It's going up, it's going up, it's going up. But, you know, I remember the late 80s when Toronto was booming, and I remember the 90s when there was nothing being built. Um, and so it can't continue to go up straight up. Um, so if the economy goes south, if interest rates go up significantly, and I'm talking a couple of points, uh, there are going to be a lot of people who can't afford those mortgage payments. And uh, so there may be a, a softness at some point. There could be even a complete show, slowdown for one, at some point. but. The underlying fundamental of the population is growing, and you know, uh, it's it's. If you look back a hundred years, it's basically been going straight up the whole time, and that requires housing, that requires retail, that requires places for jobs, and uh, you know, some of the segments. I don't know how the office space segment's going to do in the next little while with people working from home. There may be a continued softness for a while as companies don't need as much space as they did in the past, even if it's people showing up at the office twice a week instead of five times a week, that's going to definitely impact sort of the demand for space. Um, I don't know where Amazon and, and, and the other sort of online people are going with how that really is going to impact retail. Um, I, you know, certainly there are people who will just order from there, but there are certainly people that like to go and shop. So um, but with the underlying fundamentals of 120 to 150,000 people a year moving into the neighborhood, mm -hmm. they got to go somewhere. 
Absolutely, absolutely. No, Toronto's a phenomenal place, that's for sure. <laughs> and and you know, I mean, even even just some of the stuff that's happening down south from us, you know, with with the previous president and some of the immigration policies they had there. People coming from Asia or other places, Middle East, they didn't want to go there. And they're coming to Toronto. Toronto's a massive tech market. It's like the third largest or something like that in North America. Um, and the and, and companies are putting their jobs here. We have the, the healthcare coverage that helps with the employers, and the Canadian dollar is lower. So, and we're we're, we're you know definitely more friendly, it seems, mm-hmm. to immigration. So are you going to go to try to get a, are you going to try to go to the South, go to the U S or are you going to come to a place that's a little more welcoming and Toronto has all of that. So um, I can't see how that would change anytime soon, unless something seriously changes in our, either our political system or our economy really gets hit hard or something. But I suspect, you know, if I were betting on this, I would say we're, we're in good shape. And, you know, I mean, the population right now, there, I mean, you know, the city of Toronto is 3 million. I think they're looking at something like 4 million in the next 25 years. And the GTA is supposed to hit like something like 15 million in the next wow. 20, 25 years from about seven or eight or where it is now. So, you know, take a drive around. I mean, that's one of the other crazy things. If you go to Chicago, you know, downtown, all sorts of tall towers, but you don't go very far from downtown and it's flat. There's nothing. But here... You can go to downtown Vaughan, you can go to Mississauga, you can go to Brampton, you can go to uh, downtown Toronto, you can go to Pickering, towers everywhere. And, and, and there's you know, hundreds of cranes in the, in the air currently. Goodness. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been Ed Skira. He's the founder of Urban Toronto, as well as the new database Urban Toronto Pro. Thank you for joining us, Ed. Thank you, Craig. Anytime. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening today. I'm Craig Patterson, the host of the Retail Insider Podcast. Take care and bye for now.